So now on the Innovation Show, it's an honor to welcome Andrea Wade, CEO and founder of Opening.io. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. So let, let's go into your background because you have a really interesting background and we have Andrew Melchior also on the show. And I just found the two of you guys really interesting in that your diverse backgrounds where you have almost like a traditional media element to, to your whole your whole mix and Andrew was the same with music and that was his kind of founding element but technology mixed with that founding element led Mm. to something beautiful and we see this constantly with founders so it'd be great to hear your story Andrea. Where do I start? It's a long story (laughs) but basically yeah my background is pretty much in everything from journalism to music as well so I organized really big festivals uh, back in Transylvania where we had artists coming from all over the world um within media like I worked in tv and radio and then I was the senior editor of an advertising magazine I wrote my first article when I was 16 um I organized my first event ever when I was 11 uh, and all the neighborhood kids um, uh, came and it was some kind of a fashion show, which is weird because I don't really, I'm not into fashion, but for some reason, that's the first thing that I did. You just smelled the money, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Even I, at that age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I just, I just think of ideas and then I go somebody should do that and then I talk to people and I tell them you know somebody should do that and then I just go yeah well hmm, so maybe I should do that and then things just happen so background of yeah media journalism I mean post-communist Romania I wanted to write about things uh we were thought and so I studied journalism amongst other things and and I remember this this uh one particular uh, professor who was a journalist um, who told us that you know the media is the watchdog of the society and all this and you know I was I was a teenager and whatnot and wanted to wanted to be just that I used to make my mom cry by telling her that I'm going to go and cover war zones and these kind of things I can still <laughs> do that to her if I say it to her. I was either doing that or telling her that I'm going to join the Red Cross. Nice. Um, and I would then make her cry and then yeah um so so music journalism tech tech was always an interest uh, I started coding when I was 16 actually uh, it's just the school system back home uh, allows for it so I studied computer science um since I was geez 15 or something um 15 16 uh and then all that combined, um, a few years later, got me to open this one company called Brandalism, where we were building brands and uh, doing strategies or building platforms for startups or uh, bigger established companies. So um, that was interesting. And then I kind of got sick of um, helping other people build their products and their businesses. And I got a little bit sick of teaching other people um, and I decided, okay, I'm going to do my own thing with a small break in between when I went into the independent as head of product. And that was interesting going back kind of to my roots to um, 
you know, independent.ie uh, or INM, Independent News and Media, the largest trust, uh, media trust in Ireland. So that was, so that was interesting. But um, I think two months into that, um, I was already half there working on opening that I without saying it to anyone. Um, so yeah, I always did things, I guess, if that makes sense it's difficult for people like me to work for other people so you're constantly searching for the next new thing to do that's really interesting that piece andrea because you you must often get frustrated because i i, I talk to a lot of people in with the same type of mindset as you and i always find they're almost apologetic for that which is the kind of i, I don't like the status quo or i don't like how it's done and you honestly do try to change it from within and then you discover this is a brick wall that I can't break through. I'm actually better off just leaving and going and doing it myself. And and I do believe like, yeah, massive amount of bravery on your side, but you know, you, you're in a way you're the lucky one as well, you know? And I know you, it, some days I'm sure on your side as an entrepreneur, you're kind of saying I had it easy, you know, when you're protected and you're guaranteed a wage every month, but in a way, you know, people, I'd say a lot of people in roles are looking at, at people like you kind of going, you know, I wish I had, I wish I had the, the guts to do that. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird one. Like if, if you are in that role where money is just coming in into your bank account at the end of, every, of, of each month and, you know, you have insurance and you might have a pension and you have whatever and, and that's there. That's, that's not a bad place to be in, but you look, you know, across the fence and you kind of go, oh, I wish I was my own boss. I wish uh, nobody could tell me what to do and I wish I could blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you go and you do it and it's the hardest thing and it will break you every single day. Uh, but then, you know, you could you could um, be an entrepreneur, I suppose, and, and build your own thing and need to be a hundred people in one because you need to know about everything and and you can look back at your previous life if you had it or other people your friends who are getting promoted and they're getting stock options and they're like yeah Andrea I can buy a house in the next three years I just need to stick with this multinational and you go it's not it's it's tough and consuming either way I suppose but I don't know I can't I don't know how to do the other side anymore yeah, the bureaucratic side I, I'm sure that happens in, in in the same way that so many people get institutionalized and you know mm. grow into the politics or the bureaucracy you know entrepreneurs are the opposite and, and I often think about this it's it's like the maturity level of a company where you go and you start up and it's the buzz and the sawdust on the floor, that mindset versus you're at the top of the S curve of a company or at the growth or the, at the lean stage where they're leaning it out and every process is meticulously designed and there's no, don't go outside the lines because if you do that, you cost us a, a point a fraction of our percentage at the end of the year in our, in our EBITDA. And there, it takes two different types of people to do those different stages of a company mm. yeah you're right i'm very good at starting things off and um, my past is all in 
starting things off and getting people to adopt them. Um, not so much in sticking uh, with it for the long term. So this is my new challenge. I want to build this and I want to lead it for as long as possible. I want to learn all these things. I want to learn how to increase story bit by whatever X percent. Um, and it's kind of boring in a way it could be because it's you know some people do get excited about starting new things and and they have this crazy wish of a power whatever that they just make it happen and 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 then they let let go because it's not new anymore um but i suppose it's weird it's nearly when you start your own thing you have to unlearn the processes that you might have learned in in a, a role that you had within an entity that wasn't yours necessarily, but then in a weird way you have to relearn them once your company starts to grow, and once it just becomes just another company. Yeah. Just that this time you own it. So I I was actually I had a conversation today with um someone who's uh, helping out with our financials like a, a CFO as a service if you wish and I was telling him that all it, it seems that all I do these days I live in templates and applications and and business plans and financial projections and it it, it just it just seems that all I do is I fill out forms and he's like yeah welcome welcome to the world of the ceo and i'm like ah oh. um so it's 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 a weird one but at the same time you do control the destiny of of your company so um you do take part in in envisioning what's next um so you do get to dream and then sort of put that into reality so it's yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you know what we we actually haven't actually told our audience what what you do? So you mentioned while you were in independent news and media, you had this seed of an idea and you started to grow it. Then, but but what 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 was it that sparked it? And and what is opening .io? I suppose let's tell our audience that. Yeah, I suppose we should, right? <laughs> talking about all these, I could, I could be doing anything. I could be growing mushrooms the in chocolate the shed or something. Chocolate teapots. Opening .ie is chocolate teapots. <laughs> They're not selling very well. <laughs> Please buy our chocolate teapots. They're delicious and pretty, and they do not melt. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so. <laughs> At opening.io, we match people to jobs. We have algorithms that match people to jobs. So we are a science-first company uh, that applies AI within recruitment. Essentially, we build a recommender engine, much like, say, Netflix or Spotify or YouTube have built recommender engines for films or music. We have an engine that recommends CVs. Um, the idea, the idea actually belongs to my co-founder, um, Adrian. Uh, Adrian and I were, were talking for a long time. He moved here. So I've been here 15 years, but I'm from Transylvania, Romania, uh, from a town called Brasov. And Adrian is from there as well. And he came here about four years ago. But we know each other since we were teenagers. We used to go to each other's events and stuff like that. And... He he went through a through an exit, um, a company that 
him and his friends built went from three to 70 people and was sold into New York. They were almost bought by Apple, but then something happened, a new CEO arrived and it didn't quite happen. So they were, but they were bought by someone else. But uh, yeah, they did grew the business. They sold it and all this. Adrian uh, won the programming Olympiad in, in Romania uh, a good few years ago, you know, so he came number one, first place, blah, blah. Um, so he had a really solid CV. And then one day he decided, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move away from Romania. I'm going to go somewhere. And he sent his CVs. A few applications uh, sent into Dublin and a few into San Francisco. Long story short, he gets three offers, both from Dublin and from San Francisco, but he waits six months. And the company he ended up joining had his CV months before he was rediscovered by uh, an external agent and placed for a five-figure finder's fee. So it just that frustration because we're, the thing is we're in recruitment and I'm actually I'm speaking at a thing um uh, this Friday, um, the first Friday in May, whatever date that's going to be, um, and and I was thinking, what what am I going to say? And and I was like, I'm going to ask the audience: Is there anyone in in the audience who has, uh, you know, ever applied for a job? And obviously, everybody has. It's like asking someone: um, Is there anyone in the audience that is immortal or that will never die? We all went through that, so we build this from the candidate's perspective. Um, finding, you know, once you're looking for employment, it's one of the most stressful times uh, in your life ever. It's like moving or worse or something. So we we came at this problem from the candidate's perspective, going, this thing doesn't work. Um, can we can we solve it? And again, no background in recruitment, but we knew tech, I suppose AI, and product and we've built things before we knew that we can learn really quickly so that's what we did and in the last two and a half three years we learned a lot about the recruitment space um, and we built something really solid so that's what we do today algorithms matching people to jobs that's brilliant uh, you know I didn't I didn't realize that before what you were saying about I didn't realize the story I didn't hear it before about Adrian because mm-hmm. it reminds me of what used to happen when I was playing professional rugby where it, agents used to move players so they wouldn't necessarily act on the behalf of the player to move that player to the right type of club or right type of culture or playing style that would suit that player instead they would try and move a player out of that club and then replace a player back in because then they get two fees do you know do you know what i mean like this is the kind yeah. of and, and i actually i didn't realize that was happening until i got out of out of rugby and i, I witnessed this type of you know behavior and i'm not saying it doesn't happen all the time but it happens for sure because mm-hmm. it, it everybody's concerned about their own bottom line so and their own bonus and, and whatever incentive they have in place but it really yeah. makes sense so so you in a way yourself and adrian sat down and you went these are the, this is our hate list of all the stuff we hate about this industry and how are we going to fix it yep that's pretty much it to be honest <laughs> yeah. it's just that i wouldn't say that publicly <laughs> I, I know well that's my job into that industry. <laughs> <laughs> my job is to say that for you i'm, I'm just translating <laughs> it's your it's your it's your broken uh it's your broken transylvanian english and i'm just translating it well for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I have an AI, I have an AI that does this for me. I'm just reading what it's saying to me here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's a pretty smart AI who gets the <laughs> underlying truth about things. The gist. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's the underlying theme of the show, anyway. But so, Andrea, like, I don't want to give away the secret sauce, but it it it's looking at it looks at way more than keywords. It is more than keywords. We we don't do like keyword mining. We we do concept mining. So we understand concepts. So the algorithms don't need to know a specific word. They will understand what you're trying to find what you're talking about so it's like if you would be looking for a sun holiday and you don't have to write down a sun holiday you could write down beach and palm tree or something and we will figure out that that's what you want so that's that's kind of how it works but then yeah we do look at external data points uh, we never go to uh, find those if you don't have them in the cv we care deeply about privacy so we have a very strong stance on on that um, and data protection and all that so um we but if you do have a github link in your cv we go and we mine your github and we take samples of your code and we pull them into your profile and we take into account uh, the languages that you know and so on we take screenshots of your portfolio um so we do a lot of that and that is actually uh, the bulk of work for the second half of the year we're raising a, a, a big round in the next three to six months i'm actually formally starting fundraising in about 45 days um and a lot of the uh, product work is going to be around that better understanding the candidate better understanding you based on what else we can find online about you but again as long as you do have it um, in your CV, otherwise we're not gonna we're not gonna look at your not gonna mine your Twitter or Facebook and and draw conclusions about that. Cause uh, okay, I know I wasn't even going there. I didn't even think that way. Yeah. But uh, the, one of the things I heard you speak before, and you mentioned a kind of an almost serendipitous event where you created this playground on your website, and it's become this kind of really nice feature to almost be a kind of a spider's web to bring people in to opening.io yeah so we we're very open you know you can create an account you can go to opening.io uh, and you can just create an account you don't even have to add you know your credit card whatever blah 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 you can go and look at the thing you can spy our products <laughs> we have presentations about our tech architecture and all that kind of stuff so we decided also to kind of let you try the capabilities of the tech without using the product so we created this thing called the play playground where you can go upload your cv pull in a, a job description and see how you match against it and we'll give you salary predictions for ireland right now um, and we'll show you what else we 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 find about you um just a note for those listening just in case they're going to go to opening that io and play in the playground um we haven't updated it with the new tech in the last i think three or four months and since then we had two major upgrades so it's our so it's our it's on the to-do list to to upgrade the playground but it's been quite a cool feature that got people to 
get in there and play with the tech force. Some of them lost in there for half an hour or more. Uh, people that we've never met saying, why does LinkedIn does not have this tech? Um, people tweeting, copying um, the link to the playground and, and, and tying in investors and media going, this is really cool. This is incredible. So it's been, it's, 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 I just, we think it's good to be open and yeah. it's to, yeah. Because you're you're a, a prolific blogger as well. I've read some of your blogs and they're fantastic. And it's a great way to again kind of be the spider's web to to bring in people who of like mindedness or similar interests to kind of connect them with yourself. But I I thought that when I heard you talking about the playground and I checked it out, this was a couple of months back. I thought this is another great way. You know, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be blogging because some people will go. Well, I'm not very creative. I'm not a great writer, but they could do things like this or create something on GitHub or give something away for free or do a, a pro bono project. I just thought that was a really interesting way. And, and it wasn't designed that way from what I believe, but you just, it just so happened that by doing it, something happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're, we're, we're fans of good design. We're fans of playing with stuff um adrian for example he used to organize so back in romania 15 years ago um and back 15 years ago kind of in many other countries uh, there was this thing about the demo scene so there was there were demo scenes everywhere and you would develop music or games or whatever so adrian um organized for about seven years this thing called dracula pc party and it would be whatever three days or more no wi-fi back then big clunky computers thousands of people together for 72 hours or whatever building cool stuff so some of those demo scene kind of influences and, and whatnot they're still found in the way we do things i mean even on our home page we have some crazy completely unnecessary design with clouds and people moving and things and and uh, completely unnecessary you know but we do we 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 do like to do things different yeah. Isn't that key, though? I, I just think that, you know, people expect things to happen and they don't actually make the first move. And it always reminds me of that story about the guy who's praying to God to win the lotto all the time. And he does it every night for months on end. And then God appears to him and goes, give me a break, buy a lotto ticket. Like, you got, you actually got to do something here to actually make something happen on the reverse action. And you find so many people, and they're often the complainers that are going... Oh, nothing happens for me, and you're kind of going, well, you know, you got to put yourself in the game. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I have friends like that. I have people close to me that I love that are like that, and you want to just kick them up the butt or something. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to do things. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to, whatever. Nothing happens just because you want them to. Yeah. That's not things work. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you, because I didn't, I didn't really nail this down, was so the way the product works is I'm just trying to think of a use case. So I'm, am I, am I a, a business owner and I want to have maybe a career section of my site and and I use Opening.io as a plugin? Is that is that how it works? Just to explain that to our audience. Okay, so that 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 that's one way how it works but let's say you could be let's say you're a multinational right because we to be honest we're targeting big 
uh, entities. You're a multinational and you have a thing called an ATS, an applicant tracking system. And in there, you might have 50,000 CVs or 20,000 CVs, or there's someone that we're working with right now, they have 1.2 million CVs. And you do a search and you input iOS developer and you get back 20,000 results or 10,000 or 5,000 or even 400. And you go, who the heck do I call first? So this is what we do. We sort, we sift through CVs and we're telling you, fine, you have 1.2 million CVs and you have 20,000 iOS developers. How about you talk to these 10 first? And that's, that's pretty much what we do. We, we plug in into existing databases or your career page. Um, and we make sense of your of your resumes. We can match people to jobs. We also match people to people. Say you hired me and you want another Andrea and you go, I'm gonna take her CV, put it into the engine and I'm gonna find someone else with these skills. Or you go, we have 50 data scientists, who is the best? Or we have 500 data scientists, who are the top three because we just have a new project uh, opening in, in, in Cork and we need to send some people there for three months. Who do we send? Um, these are the use cases. Uh, there's another use case. We're talking now to a company that employ just over 120,000 people worldwide. With them, 75% of their hires are internal but they don't know who their own passive candidates are. So say I might be in a job and that company has a really cool new job going, but I don't really know of it. Um, so I'm working away. This software can just ping uh, the HR manager and go, Andrea is really suitable for, for this. Brilliant. So it's, it's the use cases. And then there's other use cases like job boards. We could plug into a big job boards, your monsters, your jobs that are you or whoever, and do the matching automatically. We're trying to reduce everything at one click. Yeah, because that really makes sense to me. And because you hear a lot about oh AI replacing jobs, etc. But if I, if I'm thinking about this and I'm going okay, I'm in this role and I need to uh, firstly discover similar candidates or a, a certain cohort of candidate profile. And and I'm tired and I've had a bad day or I've had a couple of late nights or the baby's been crying or whatever is is affecting me in my day job. Or it, maybe it's not at all. And I, I have to try and find some similarities between it. I can't do that as well as a machine because the machine is looking at similar data. But what I can do is if it gives me, out of, out of 1.2 million, it gives me 102 perfect CD, CVs or similar ones. Then it leaves the human skill of identifying the the, diff, the skills of grit or determination and 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 the the personality fit, the empathy, the EI and the EQ and all those different human skills. It leaves those for me as the human to the spot. I, and I I just often think that when I when I read it first about opening that I was like, this is what it does. It, it makes it takes away that kind of linear task for me. And leaves the really important choice for me, and and but and join those things together, and you have a really kick-ass recruiter. To be honest, in essence, what we what we do is we give you that long list or short list, 
And then you call those people today. So we powered a career, a career fair in March. Um, and there's whatever, 20 big companies, they're multinationals. And there's the same people that walked in, in, in the door. So many of them have the same people in their database once the career fair ended. And we went in there and we did the matching. And, and the people that used the tech first got to the right candidates first, made the call first, and made the placement first as well, because we're all fighting for these good people. So the key is to get to that short list or long list faster. It's always about that. Brilliant. Well, Andrea, perhaps funders might want to get in touch or by email or Twitter. How can people reach you? Um, so LinkedIn is one, Andrea Wade. I have two E's in my name. So it's A-N-D-R-E-E-A, Wade. <laughs> Um, Twitter. I do live on Twitter, but I'm not sure if I should send people to my, <laughs> to my Twitter because it's a bit nuts, but uh, I don't care to be honest. So it's Brandalisms on Twitter or Andrea. Don't forget to ease at opening.io. Brilliant. Okay. And people can get in touch because a lot of VCs do listen to the show. So you might get hopefully some bites through the show. So, Andrea, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Andrea Wade, CEO and co-founder of Opening.io. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. 